This is the MagicWordPodcast.com. Hello, this is Scott Wells for the MagicWordPodcast.com. This week is brought to you by the Friends of the Magic Word. Those are the ones who help us with their financial support, whether it's by an individual donation from time to time or their ongoing pledges from month to month. And we thank each of you for doing that. And I wanted to mention that up front because we haven't had any new patrons for several months now who have pledged to give us their monthly support. But if you'll go to themagicwordpodcast.com and go to the tab that says Become a Friend of the Magic Word, there's a little video there that will explain all the uh, you need to do and why it is we need your support. And it will be greatly appreciated because there have been some people who have, for a variety of reasons, had to reduce or delete their pledges. And so we would greatly appreciate you helping to fill in the gaps that we've recently experienced. So any uh, support you can give us will be greatly appreciated to help this podcast keep going. And one of the advantages, of course, of listening to the podcast is you get to hear about contests from time to time. And if you don't listen on a regular basis, you just might miss it. Or if you don't subscribe to the pod letter, wait a minute, what? You don't subscribe to the pod letter? Well, again, when you're at the magicwordpodcast.com, there you'll see a pop-up that will say, subscribe to the pod letter. And that will give you information about what's happening from week to week and also let you know about contests like the one that's running right now. I want to thank Charlie Randall again with H&R Magic Books who published the book of Nick Tross Subtle Card Creations number nine, which is the final one. And he is giving away, that's right, for free, six of these books. So there will be six winners whose names will be randomly selected this next week and will be announced in next week's podcast. So if you have not yet registered for the contest, go over to this week's blog and there you will see a registration form. Just complete that with your name and email address and that goes into a spreadsheet in which I will then randomly select six winners whose names will again be announced then next week. Good luck and let me also mention that there is a pretty good possibility, since there are six of them being given away, that you could be one of the winners. Let me also mention that although this is open to everyone in the world, if you reside outside of the U.S., any foreign postage will be calculated and you'll be responsible for reimbursing for the postage. If your name is drawn and we tell you then how much the postage is going to be and you elect not to reimburse us for the postage, then another name will be selected. So please register and good luck. This week's episode, we happen to tie down uh, two of the five members of the Champions of Magic. The Champions of Magic has been around for about a decade, starting over in the UK and then coming to the US and taking us by storm. And of course, uh, during COVID, there were a couple of years that they weren't doing that. But uh, aside from that, it has gone through a few iterations. And we uh, were able to, again, catch up with a couple of the people. There are five people, but due to some scheduling issues, we were only able to speak with Holly. England and Alex McAleer. So those two also fill in for some of the ones who were missing and they talk about them and also some great stories from the road and some uh, interesting background things I think that you'll really find interesting. When I went to talk with uh, Holly and Alex, I went over to the hotel where they were staying. And let me just say, it wasn't really a hotel in the typical sense. Whenever people come into the theater to perform, uh, apparently they put them up in this apartment complex. There's kind of a warehouse, kind of a industrial type of a place with high ceilings and concrete floors. And I'm mentioning that because I apologize in advance over here for the quality of this podcast episode because although we were using microphones, there's a lot of echoing noise, I guess, because of the uh, size of the room and it was not dampened and we were not really in a recording studio or anything. Uh, Again, we were using microphones and I tried to tweak this as best I can, but you'll get the idea. And so I apologize that it's not uh, the quality that I usually demand for this podcast. But I know that the uh, quality of content is unmatched and some gold is in here. And I recommend that you listen closely to all of that because it really has some good stuff. So this episode is a little bit longer than usual, so let me get this started by introducing our guests this week, Holly England and Alex McAleer, here on The Magic Word.
This morning I am with some of the cast members from the Champions of Magic and uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the uh, the show and their individual projects and things they've been doing then as well. Uh, it's a fantastic show if you get a chance to uh, see this uh, show when it comes near your city you need to drive to it to see it. It's one of the best magic shows you're ever going to see. It, why go to Las Vegas when you can see it in your own hometown or someplace nearby in a nearby city in a beautiful theater. Anyhow, we'll get into all that. Please welcome my guest here this morning. First of all, Holly England. Hello, Holly. Hello. <laughs> and then also Alex and McAleer. Hello. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Good. Glad you guys are both here. Uh, now, there are several other cast members who are not with us uh, today. Uh, do you want to tell us about the other guys who are in the, uh, in the yeah, show? Yeah, sure. So we have uh, Fernando Velasco. He's originally from Mexico, but he's been living in L.A. for a lot of, many, many years. He's kind of our resident escape artist, but he's a magician in his own right. He's been doing magic since he was about... 12, 13, something like that. Yeah. And Young and Strange, they're also from England like me. Uh, I guess your listeners would know, like Young did the Magicians podcast a few years ago. Also, Richard Young. Yes, Richard Young. Yeah. And uh, they've both been on Fool Us a couple of times. They're kind of well known. Together today. or independently? Uh, together, yeah, as Young and Strange. I think they were on the first season, which was in the UK. And then they also did their cardboard box, you know, the. That's a phenomenal trick, yeah. Yes, they're great at it as well. They didn't fool them, obviously, but. Well, it's been around a little while. I'm just yes, thinking it's been a while. Of, that was the one that uh, the guy from Germany, what was his name and his wife? Uh, Mar uh, uh, Moretti, was it Moretti? Yeah, yes. yeah Hans Moretti. Yes. Yeah, had done. That's just a great, great trick. Uh, still, I think it's a fooler uh, every time. Absolutely. And they've got like little bits of business, which does make it very fooling as well. Yes. And also, the, the sort of shorter, stockier guy gets in the box. It's not a petite woman that gets in the box. So, yeah, it yeah. just makes it, you might look like, well, I know how it works, but how is he? How can he get in? How is he doing? Yeah. Well, same thing like, himself. remember with Hans Marotti, whenever that he would get in then and then come out like with a clown suit and a chicken on his head yeah. and beating a bass drum or something, you know, it's like, wow, <laughs> making it more, even more impossible. Well, not about their show. What about yours? <laughs> so, so those guys, so uh, the, uh, uh, Fernando, you said did magic then also. Does, does he show you, I mean, when you're backstage, you guys uh, show you card tricks or something in Holly or? Uh, yeah, he, he's always trying to work on his like close-up sets and stuff. So he's always got some kind of newfangled thing coming out. But uh, he, he used to have a bird act actually. Oh really? Um, wow, the uh, guy does everything. Yeah. That's how he came into the show actually. We used to have a bird act. No that kidding. act left and then it was sort of, he came in as the replacement. Was there a, uh, a, clo uh, a, a an escape artist at the time? No, it was oh, okay. because Fernando had the Jaws of Death yes. that it got put in the show. And when we first put it in the show, we were like, oh yeah, this show's been missing. Danger. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> well, that certainly adds that element of it, that's yeah. for sure. Um, and has there been any, if he were here, I would ask, have you seen any time which there has been near-death experience or something oh, in which they're a little uh, scary? Actually, well, last night we had to bring in the curtain for the for the water tank, yes. didn't we? What happened? Last night was a little, little well, sketchy. <laughs> <laughs> See, we had a few issues last night, actually. Technical and well, Share some stories. And well, you know, people always yeah. like to hear about them. Well, what happened last night is uh, he does the uh, water torture cell. Yep. And like most water torture cells, well, some people do it out in the open, but he does it so it's covered at one point. And uh, it wasn't completely covered. Uh -huh. So you do need to yes. hide a moment. Mm -hmm. But luckily he has two moments where you see him. So the curtain does get lifted, as you remember, right. so you can see him struggling. Yep, yep. But uh, we had to bring in the safety curtain for yes. reasons, and then it came back out again. Yeah, the, it was the kabuki curtain that kind of yeah. didn't quite cover So it wasn't everything. so much a problem with the the gimmick itself as it was just the protection, I guess, to keep the secret from yes. being Exactly. It was exposed. protecting the secret rather than... Fernando was fine. Right, yeah, he was <laughs> fine. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> That's I mean, good. no more in danger than normal. <laughs> right. And he did get stuck kind of recently on the jaws of death. Didn't yes. He? We yes. don't know what happened, but he his left leg, he couldn't unhook himself, basically. <laughs> oh, yeah, because he's got that little thing he's got to kind of lift up and that little hook. That's yeah, on the, there, the so. moon boots or whatever, yeah. Right. And for some reason he got stuck. I can't remember why, yes. but... Uh, and the timer went past the 60 seconds and Oops. the music stopped you could see him going ah did they close oh. the curtains at that point no or? he just managed to he finally get off he's a young fit man he just managed yeah. to pull himself up and get out of it so, and yeah. then the thing clamped shut yep yeah. Okay. Although, saying he's a young, fit man, he, actually we weren't really sure if he was even going to be able to do the beginning of the shows here in Houston because mm -hmm. he we'd had a little break, like, what was it, two, two weeks two maybe? Two weeks, yeah. And uh, he'd been skiing or snowboarding with his family, and he actually had a little accident and hurt his knee. Oh, my. Mm -hmm. um, and then he had a car accident afterwards, too. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> so he came wearing a brace the first day. Yeah. And bearing Hobbling, in mind, yeah. he is 
you know, dangling from the jaws of death upside down and falling onto a crash mat and then inside a water cell upside down. <laughs> it sounds like you should have put him back into his dove act for a little while, you know. Sure, you should have just stuck to the safety of doves for a while. Yeah, the worst thing that happened there is a dove poop on you or something, yeah. you know. Not much could go wrong, you know, with that act. Yeah. Uh, so, and also, then, Holly, you've been, first of all, the, the Champions of Magic has had several iterations and different people who have come through. It started in England and then expanded to the U.S. and then internationally? Or tell me a little bit about the history of that. Can you, Holly, tell me? Uh, well, I st- I'm pr- kind of the most recent member yeah. of the yeah. cast to join, actually. Um, uh, but, yeah, it started, what, what year was it, 2012? 2013. 2013. Yeah. Um, and, it ha- and it started at a fringe festival, is that right? The fir- uh, very first iteration? It, maybe. In Edinburgh? Fringe no, festival? it wasn't. I think, so our producer, who's called Alex as well, confusingly, um, he uh, used to produce uh, stand-up comedy nights when he was quite young, actually. There was a couple of nights he couldn't technically enter because he was too young to enter the building because it served alcohol. But, um, and then he booked a couple of magicians. He was quite a fan of magic, so like Pete Furman and uh, Ali Cook. Mm-hmm. And he booked them both on the same bill and thought it'd be great to have a whole night of magic like this. And then he just started looking for other performers. He used to work quite closely with Piff, the magic dragon, still sure. does. And then um, he sort of created a, a show that's a comedy night, but of magicians. Scoured around. I just got an email out of the blue. Was Piff, no, he, Piff at the time, or was he still John? Uh, he was Piff, okay. yeah. He wasn't Piff, the magic dragon in big capital letters, but okay. he was quite well known in Edinburgh okay. and stuff like that. And um, I think the producer had seen me in another show and wanted a mind reader, because you get, you get an illusionist, you get a dove act, you get a close-up magician, and you get a mind reader. And yeah, it started there in 2013. Tour. We did, I think the first tour was maybe five shows or something like that, mm-hmm. and I was in two of them. And then in 2017, it came to America, and then uh, yeah, we've had a few different cast members. But you are the you're the newbie, Holly. Yeah, and the funny thing was, I came oh, to yeah. see the show <laughs> when the show was in near LA. Where was it? Thousand Oaks. Yeah, Thousand Oaks. 2017. So, yeah, I yeah. feel like it was something like that. I, I was living in LA, um, and I was still touring, you know, and directing at the time. Um, and so I actually had emailed uh, our producer and just said, oh, you know, if you ever need want any help with the show, like directing or anything like that, like I may be available for these dates or whatever. You were thinking about like, backstage or maybe assisting. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And um, at the time he was just like, oh, uh, there's nothing right now. But if you want to come see the show, we're going to be close to L.A. So I actually went with my friend Crow Garrett, a, a, another magician who I'd met at the Magic Castle, and we went to see the show. And that was the night, and I saw Faye Presto in the show, because um, she was part of the original cast-ish, right? Yeah, right, yeah. Near the beginning, yeah. yeah. Yeah, she was from the, sh- the show, I think it's the first one, yeah. Yes, so Faye Presto was in the show, um, and obviously it being LA, there were a lot of people in the audience that I knew from the magic community. Gay Blackstone was sitting in front of me. Um, and in the intermission, I met officially for the first time uh, Kayla Drescher. Um, she, she was watching the show as well. And it's funny now, because years later, because the, uh, after Faye Presto left the show, Kayla Drescher took over. Okay. So that night when I saw the show, there was <laughs> Faye Presto performing in the show. Uh, Kayla was there, and then I was there too. <laughs> <laughs> All the dominoes were lining up. Yeah, yes. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, who knew so many years later that <laughs> we all have been in the show. Well, I remember that Faye was with the show, uh, and I've talked with her about this uh, some time ago and after she had left the show. And, but she was there for a number of years, as I recall. Yeah, since the beginning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, they did go to Australia and everything too, is that right? I mean, they've been pretty much worldwide, Champions of Magic. Uh, yeah, so no, the show itself hasn't been to Australia yet. Oh. There is a plan for it. There were lots of plans pre-COVID and stuff, sure, of course. which have all been pushed back, I guess, yeah. really. But I've taken, uh, our producer produced my show at the Perth Fringe World Festival. We went two years running with my show. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so I've been there. I'm not sure if the boys have been there, Young and Strange. I'm not sure if they have. Before we go any further, by the way, that I think for listeners who may not be aware exactly what each of your responsibilities are, that Alex, you are the mind reader yes. uh, in the portion of the show. And then I would say that you, Holly, are kind of the close-up person, I guess. <laughs> what, what Which you... is really funny, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we, we kind of titled me as doing an artistic style of magic. Very artistic, Because, yeah, uh, yeah but... Essentially, I guess it is mostly close up. Like I do things that don't require the screen, but 
Um, yes, because it really was that I was replacing Kayla in the show and she was a close-up magician and mm. also Faye as well. Like she's right. well known for having, you know, restaurant residencies and being like the close-up magician like the of, and all that. of yeah. London. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, I was essentially like filling that role, but as it went on, it kind of like, you know, I wanted to introduce more of my own style of magic, which is you know, I come from theatre and dance and um, acting and all that stuff. So, um, yeah, I wanted to introduce kind of more of the artistic side, more to music. So that's why I do the whole Alice uh, section in the second half. Um, but yeah, he still, <laughs> but uh, producers still said to me, yeah, but I still want you to talk. Like I want, and I was like, talk as myself? What is this? <laughs> that, that was the weird thing is like, I'd always like performed as a, um, a dancer in magic shows and never had like a, a voice as myself or right. like well, I've been I first, an actor. And you and I first met was with Jamie Allen just yeah, a few years yeah, ago. Yeah, and I was the magical assistant. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And then kind of came into your own of being your own performer. Yeah, and so even when I was first doing, uh, performing my own magic, like I created this uh, mask act that I did for the Cyber Magic Superstar competition during the pandemic. And that's kind of when I first had a video out that people were like, oh, we want you to come do this show <laughs> kind of thing. Um, and everything was always to music. Like I was never talking. And I'd been in musical theatre for many years, so I'd been an actor and I'd always, like, you know, performed uh, with a script and as another character. And then suddenly, like, coming into this show, it was like, hang on, like, I'm, I'm performing and speaking as myself. And that was kind of strange and a thing to get used to. But um, I had a lot of help from um, people like Harrison Greenbaum. He helped me with my script because I just worked with him on Mad I don't, Apple. I don't hear his humor in... In your script, yeah. though. <laughs> <laughs> no, but no, but he's he's a he's a clever guy. <laughs> very, very clever, very funny. <laughs> yeah, I gave him a base of like you know kind of what my character was, and he knows me as well. Um, and so yeah, he he helped a lot. <laughs> yeah, um, and I, you have a lot of things that have to do like with Alice in Wonderland. So I would think it'd be something kind of like with uh, Lewis Carroll that you might have quotes or something from that, or maybe speak as Alice. Uh, you know, sometime, uh, because you have very much that kind of a fictional kind of a character and look on stage and everything then too. Yeah, I kind of just like the fact that um, almost everything I do is a little vignette in itself Mm -hmm. rather than having a, you know, I'm not the Alice character the whole way through the show. It's just for like that one section in the second half. And I Mm -hmm. think it's nice. It's a nice bit of variety, and it almost comes as a surprise, I think, because, you know, you, I've been one character in the the beginning where I'm talking, and like yes. then at the, at the beginning of um, Act 2, we have our first tricks stories and kind of gives everyone a backstory of how we got into magic or what was the first trick we ever learned. Um, and so that's when I kind of get into the more, oh, you know, when I was a dancer and a magic assistant. And then it kind of develops into the how I'm using the kind of dance movement aspects to then go into the, uh, the dollhouse or the Alice scene mm-hmm. as well. So I like the fact that there's a bit of variety in everything that I do. Every time I come on stage, it's kind of a different... I, the only way I can think of describing it is a different vignette, like sure. um, different character almost. I, I love it. I like the way that it's you interact then with the others, and it just seems to be a perfect segue from one act to the next, and it makes perfect sense, and, and it's a, a real roller coaster ride. And I, and I, I really don't like to use the analogy of a roller coaster because that implies that there is a down part before you get to the up part, and there isn't. I mean, this just continues to go up and up, but it's still thrilling, you know, all the way through. And I particularly have been talking with so many people, Alex, about your act uh, because I love the the way that it's... uh, blocked and the staging first of all the background and everything but is that a video screen or is that a scrim or what oh for the um the whispering imps the whispering imps yeah so it's a it's a backdrop it's a it's a it's painted we've got an artist to create it but we also project onto it so the there's a crystal ball in there which we are always planning to use as the screen and for people who don't understand it it's like a skeleton holding yeah it's kind of like an alexander Alexander poster yeah Yeah. that was what we gave the uh, Mm -hmm. artist as inspiration uh, but then we uh, got a, a guy working on the show who does uh, projection mapping, mm-hmm, and he mm-hmm. said, "You know, we could add like, uh, like that ruby that's on the on the so turban. Like we could add some glints yeah. to that. We could have some like stuff coming out the eyes. We could have orbs floating around." I was like, "Brilliant! Sounds amazing!" Because <laughs> also my favorite bit is when I, because the first part of the act starts the front of the tab. There's only just me and the spectator, 
and then the, the, the curtain goes up, and you kind of go, from the audience. Yeah. They see all the props. They see exactly. The, yeah, they see it all, and they go like, wow. <laughs> this is going to be good. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> I had to come up with an act that, that is good enough to go with the, the backdrop. The well, backdrop came first. It could, right? yeah, it's, just, yeah, it's always the best way to do anything in magic. Get the prop, and then work out and what you're And then work out the script, it. yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but also, not just that, that I like that kind of uh, little... Oh, thing that they walk up like a birdcage and that yes. they're, they're sitting in type of a thing. Any magician could bring out like a chair from the back of the stage and do uh, uh, psychokinetic touches or something or yeah. whatever with a person sitting there. But you have the person then on this gilded cage, kind of like a gazebo type of a thing where they walk up. And so they are separate from you. Not only has a blindfold and everything, but then you're over on the side of the stage. But it is aesthetically pleasing from mm. an artistic eye of, that I have of, of seeing the way that this looks of uh, from wherever you are seated in a stage. Yeah. I'm sorry, in the audience of whether, like the other night, I think it's, what was that, a 400-seat theater, I think, yeah. uh, where we are now? Four or 500, yeah. But it could be a 2,000-seat theater, and people could see what's going on yeah. and be interested in what, the, I just think it's, it's brilliant. Yeah, thank you. Also, my initial idea for the act was to, uh, it went through a few iterations, but you know that classic image of a mentalist, the mentalist and the medium, yep. and it's normally uh, the assistant that is, you know, blindfolded on stage right. and receiving information you know, a code from the mentalist in the audience. I wanted that image, but it's a member of the public that's the medium suddenly, because that makes it more interesting. Of course. Yeah. And then I always had this idea about the whispering imps and doing something with that. It's been an idea I've had for several years. And then over the pandemic, me and the producer were chatting about like, why don't we do something with this then? And he, he's the producer, like I'm a mentalist, so I come up with things that are really small, little bits of paper and envelopes, and I can do incredible things, mm -hmm. but it's really small. <laughs> uh, so, and he is the producer of a big show, so he goes, how can we make this bigger? Why don't we put them in, instead of just having a little cage that the imp lives in, why don't we put them inside the cage? And it became this bigger thing. And uh, yeah, I'm pretty proud of it. Yeah, brilliant. No, I, I love that. I think that's a high point <laughs> in the show. For me, it was. Um, it, other, lots of show filled with lots of high points. Uh, I do want to talk about some of the acts that are not here then mm. with us right now then as well. But <clears throat> I do want to mention how I really enjoyed after you came back in the second half when everybody used a dollar bill. And one person, you mean, Holly, I think you had a bill trick and you hand the bill to somebody else and each mm -hmm. of the six members, six, is that right, members? Uh, five. Five, five, five yeah. members will, uh, will do a completely different trick with, a, with the same bill. I just thought that was kind of interesting the way that uh, showed your personality and, and everything then as well. And it's a good place for that as opposed to early on, it's kind of like, let's get with the big stuff fast. So that was a good place, I mm. think, placement-wise in the total structure of the show to, to put that in. That was just brilliant. Too. That was kind of a thing, I think it was from our producer. He said it would be nice to get us get everyone on stage all doing mm -hmm. something together but you get the problem of like well the mentalist can't point at a box and make a helicopter mm. appear it doesn't really make sense and then i think we tried to think of something that we could all do and then so the obvious thing for a mentalist is reveal the serial number on a borrowed bill mm -hmm. and then like what other things can we do so youngy uh, richard young from young and strange they both work as close-up magicians or he certainly used to so he's very good at the um Million dollar bill change. Yeah, hundred dollar bill switch. Yeah, hundred dollar bill switch. Yeah. And you know, and does it you know without any uh, yep. mm -hmm. plastic things. Yep. Mm -hmm. And uh, so yeah, that grew out of that, and then we all just started doing things. You uh, you do Garcia's fraud. Yeah, because we actually had um, Danny Garcia. Danny yeah. Garcia. Yeah. Did he came... come? To, did he come to your show? No, his uh, he parents a, came. His oh, parents came. They lived here in town. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But he was um, a consultant on the show. Okay. So he actually um, helped us with that very effect that we yeah. were just mm. talking about. Um, but yeah, but I actually decided to do fraud in the show. That's what I do with the bill. Um, before I even knew that Danny Garcia was coming out to <laughs> help us. And so I was like, before I joined the show, I was doing a, a, a Halloween show in New Hampshire. And so I was having video calls with the producer and everything. And I was like, oh yeah, I'll probably do um, this uh, thing called fraud if we can make it work within what everyone else is doing with the same 20 dollar bill um and then he and then i was like oh well, i but i just need the, these things kind of doing every show and then he was like oh yeah um we're gonna organize a call next week uh with uh, you and uh, danny garcia who's and i was like that's who does this trick. <laughs> <laughs> it was his invention yeah when you were doing that i was kind of looking around was danny here tonight you know yeah, i didn't yeah, know if yeah. he was in town so it's cool his parents came it, it was it was very strange uh when i first joined the show and danny garcia was with us at two of the venues or one of yeah, the venues. yeah yeah and uh, i then had to perform it for one of the first times i was doing it in front of an audience 
minutes in front of the person. <laughs> he's that such had a, he's one of the nicest guys I know on oh, magic. He's a great guy. Oh, also, he's amazing. He was one of the first like deep when I was sort of getting into mentalism and magic, I also bought some magic things and I bought his what's it called? The Garcia project or something. Mm -hmm. I can't mm. remember. And also fraud. Uh, yeah, do I mean fraud? Well he changed the Oh no, I mean um, he changes it to like a twenty from a five to a ten to a twenty and then ten to a fifty. But anyway, uh, yeah, we met him. I was like, I'm slightly fangirling. <laughs> yeah. Well, he used to, uh, for a while, would always hang out at the magic shop here. I mean, I knew him mm. since he was in high school, you know, just a, a kid. And he was showing us these different ideas. And I thought, man, this guy's really going to go someplace. Little <laughs> <laughs> did I know how far he was going to be going, you know, with all of that. And another guy, I don't know if, uh, did Kirby Van Birch come by the show the other night? Uh, last night or not that no. I know of yeah no I know of he, he, was, he just came by the house uh, a couple of days ago and I said hey you gotta go see the show your picture's actually in the video that they show oh, yeah. <laughs> of all the rest of the magicians you know and everything so I didn't know if he'd stop by to see the show then yet uh, or not but going to that point as far as the illusions go that uh, what is Strange's first name I'm sorry Sam Sam Strange mm. uh, so uh, Sam and Richard so young and strange uh, do the illusions, and they do it very comically. I, I yes. enjoy their interaction with each other and the way they kind of play off of each other. It really keeps things going. Yeah, they kind of get to have their cake and eat it because <laughs> they get to do the cheesy stuff, mm -hmm. but acknowledging this is cheesy 80s magic and yeah. really going for it because they have the, you know, the, it's like a homage to, to Siegfried and Roy and to all those, you know, those, those right. specials we all watched when we were younger. Yeah, yeah and they show the video and everything yeah. uh, that then as well, and they kind of even dress like that, as yes, I recall. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, strange. I thought it looked like Roy. One does. Point, I always think they should go the whole hog and have like wigs or oh, something. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> but I was wondering though if the audience actually can remember that. So for those who may not have been to Las Vegas, didn't know who Siegfried and Roy were, uh, and that has been something. It's been such a long time ago. I mean, they're starting to tear down some of the memories of Siegfried and Roy, mm -hmm. even in Las Vegas, as you know. Yeah. So that's getting to be almost. They're getting to be the Liberace of today's generation, you know, <laughs> where people don't remember who they were, you know. Yeah. Uh, so it's good they're kind of keeping them alive through this, or, and, and people have some vague reminiscence of what that their show would have been like yeah. then, then as well. Well, I, my son is with me. He's 13 years old, and uh, he has never seen those things. I've been showing them to him. I've, I'm raising him properly and watching Good man. Old <laughs> good man. <laughs> and, um, but though he knew of, like most people, he knows of like Siegfried and Roy and those things from The Simpsons. <laughs> just like because they How just do that? stuff and then like he knew like, like there's a Planet of the Apes reference in one of the Simpsons and he goes oh yeah I've heard of this it's in the Simpsons I was like yeah 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 basically if you've watched all of the Simpsons you'll know references yeah, going far back so yeah <laughs> they have every reference I think to yeah. uh, I think even yeah. Banachek is mentioned in in one yes, of the Halloween, but yeah, he's mentioned so. as part of a spell. I know Chris Angel's in those. Yeah, kind of oh, is that right? Well, I remember that uh, Ricky Jay was uh, yes. on there mm. at one point then as well. So I know they had a magic thing. In fact, I remember on Magic Magazine, I think they had a cover that uh -huh. was uh, drawn especially for that by the uh, by the animators. Oh, and yeah. Amazing Jonathan as well. I think he was on. Yeah, there one must of be them. like a magic fan in the yeah. Simpsons co and cast or something like that. Yeah, there must be. <clears throat> uh, so. As far as you guys being together, you joined how recently when you replaced Kayla then, Holly? Um, just, it was over a year ago now in, I think it was the 1st of October? No, 1st of November. Yeah. And first is that about November. when the new tour started? I mean, they kind of got, because after yes. COVID, they... there was a little, um, when they first came back during October, I was still doing another gig. So Kayla did the very beginning. Mm -hmm. And then we had like a handover when mm -hmm. I came um, at the very beginning of November. Um, but yeah, yeah, so just over a year. <laughs> was she just going in a different direction and found another opportunity? Yeah, yeah you know, she'd been with the show for quite a while as well. Yeah. And um, she, yeah. I think she's now moved, she was living in LA at the time, right? But yeah. now she's moved to Chicago and now she mm. works at the Chicago Magic Lounge. Yeah, um, she's pretty regular there. Yeah, mm. and so, and you know, she's, she's a close-up magician, so I'm sure that is like wonderful right. for her. <laughs> Right. Well, same thing like with the illusionists, that they have uh, a lot of, I say a lot, they have turnover from time to time mm -hmm. with different people. And they got a couple of teams that have gone out then as well, that they had the illusionists, what was that, 1895 or? 1903. 1903, Thank yeah. you very much. <laughs> Were you involved with that at all? Yeah, I, I was with the illusionists from when it started. I started as a dancer. Um, 2012, then I was dance captain, and then I worked in the office as associate producer when it went to Broadway, then I went back on tour as a dancer and then ended up as resident director, and then I stopped performing in the show but still was associate director and so toured with it, uh, so I did all the tours in Europe with like Louis Matos and everyone. Um, I did it both all the times it was on the West End, uh, mm -hmm. which was amazing for me, that was like, you wow. know, 
Gr growing up as a dancer, like the dream was the West End. Yeah, just like <laughs> so, America, they want to be a chorus on the chorus yeah, lines on yeah, Broadway. So right. yeah, walking up every day to the Shaftesbury Theatre was quite the dream come true. <laughs> wow, wow. And you were probably just in your 20s, I guess, at the time doing that? or Yeah, and yeah. So, Man, and thinking, I've still got the rest of my life. I mean, how many, <laughs> how many more goals can you have when you've kind of reached it? You know? uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know if there's any kind of uh, record for this. I think I may have been in the most multi-magician magic shows <laughs> out of any person that I know. Because I was with, on Masters of Illusion mm -hmm. uh, and, uh, yeah, The Illusionists. And, uh, you've been on I Penn & Teller Foolers? I have not. They That's keep the asking me, but... <laughs> Uh, but yeah, no, I'm not ready for that. <laughs> I like doing live theatre. Like I'm, sure. I'm not as a fan myself of uh, doing TV. Like I've helped other acts with America's Got Talent. Like I helped out the Clairvoyance and mm -hmm. Colin Cloud and people like that. Because I was actually associate producer at the time for The Works and The Illusionists. And so part of that was I used to, I created the social media accounts for the shows and everything. Mm. And so when all these acts were on America's Got Talent, I actually helped them with, as well as like creating the acts every week that they were going to do on the show, I also helped them with their social media and things like that. So... Um, I kind of done a bit of everything. <laughs> You're kind of the new Johnny Spina, it sounds I, like. I, I think magician <laughs> you know? was the only thing left on my list, so here I am. <laughs> like it was funny when you joined the show, sort of initially as the close-up magician. Yeah, it was weird because you'd probably done more illusions than all of us combined. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and even Scott, you saw like when I came and did I Magician, and we did that in Chicago as well as here, which right. is amazing. I love working with Jamie, and then I helped him out with Illusionarium. I was a show director. On, on the ship. No, 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 no. On uh, in during the pandemic in Toronto. Oh, okay. He created uh, it, first. It was called Magic Maze. Then they changed it to Illusionarium, and then it was Magic Immersive when it came to Chicago. And he's got something new that he's working on now. I believe he's always got something new. He's just released <laughs> that's a book yeah. that's like literally, you know, if, if Jamie <laughs> Allen's going to release a book, of course it's called like everything. Once <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, so I saw that come, I went, ah, oh, that's what he did in the pandemic, as well as Illusionarium. Yes, he's yeah. just well writing as, everything he knows. And he's got like a, an app coming out as well. Like he's always just so busy and so amazing like he's brilliant <laughs> yeah, he contacted me recently and said hey we haven't talked in a while i got some new projects you might like to <laughs> and it's kind of like again i was mentioning with uh, alex ramon that i haven't talked to in a while maybe that might be good to revisit without uh, jamie again to kind yes. of see what what he's been involved in because he doesn't really stop either he keeps creating no and, never. and moving forward also well as far as the champions of magic then i uh, say you had to put a lot of things on hold but now you're kind of be looking maybe at australia and other kinds of world tours mm. and, and, and things are you looking at and, and the, kind of got off on a tangent when i mentioned about how that the, the illusionist had a another act that kind of went out then also is a champions gotten to the point where it's big enough that it's like we can have a sequel we can have a spinoff kind of a thing so have you got that as a possible thing in mind i mean there has been another cast when we uh when i first joined the show last year um at the exact same time that I joined, the show was happening in, was it Saudi Arabia? I think it was Saudi, yeah. Saudi Arabia, and so they had a different cast. It was like Darcy Oak, um, Josephine Lee. Um, Harry de Cruz, Harry isn't de it? Harry yeah. uh, and then a couple of other people, I don't remember. I just think that is The Sand. Yes. I've forgotten his name. The incredible actor, The Sand appears, and he makes yeah. a hoop. Oh, he has a hoop and everything? The yeah, guy yeah. Was a physical winner. Uh, yes, yes. I know Scott, he, I've completely forgotten yeah. his name, but he's an incredible actor. Yes, yeah. it is. So, so and, and that was Champions of Magic in Saudi Arabia, but it was happening at the same time. Um, and, and so, like, so, something like that has already happened, but as for whether there would be like another version of the show i'm not sure this seems to be the tour that keeps on going every time yeah. we think there's an end date new funny. ones yeah. get added yeah. <laughs> also i think it's because a lot of the show is based on the cast as well it's yes. so like what young and strange do it's based on their personalities mm -hmm. and i guess like my whispering imps thing is kind of my take on it and you doing alice is your thing and yeah, yeah so it's, it would be difficult to uh the show would have to change, but I guess it's up to the producer, really. Yeah. I'm sure there'll come a point when he's just like, we have to create a brand new show now. What else yeah. have you got? <laughs> and well, for the Illusion guys, that's much harder, because that's a very expensive. Very expensive, <laughs> exactly right. Yeah, yeah. for 
Fermentless. Fermentless. Is kind of, yeah. well, I got a, another raft of stuff that I can do, you know, more prediction ideas and yeah. <laughs> other kinds of stuff. Um, it, and it seems also that uh, it, it is different from the illusionists. In other words, if somebody says, well, I've seen the illusionists. Well, it, so why do I need to see the champions or vice versa? I think they're both completely unique because uh, they we talk about close-up. We didn't have really somebody in your show who's doing like cards or anything, you know, close-up show. Uh, no, like, it was only really the, in illusionists, the cards were only really in the encore and it was more, they were, they only cards in the show when there was a manipulation act. So yeah, it was, was like, that Jin Lin? Jin, what's we it? had many. We, there was uh, Yuho Jin, Yuho Jin. Hun Jun Kim, An Halim. Um, there may have been one more. All the, all Den the, best, Den. All the best guys. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Just They're cards really coming yes. from nowhere. Um, but then, yeah, at the end of the show, we used to, there used to be an encore where... That's um, right, where you spread out the card to spell the name back. or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Um, but yeah, not really close up uh, apart from that. And in um, the original The Illusionist 1903, or as it got to be called, Town of the Century later, originally there was, um, oh, what's his name? Armando Gutierrez. Armando Sarah. Yeah, he was, he was in there um, at one point. I didn't point. know he was part of that show. Huh. The very, very first wow. one. That, okay. um, Charlie Fry was part of that, I guess, back then. Oh, yes, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Charlie Fry, Kaylin and Ginger, and mm -hmm. everyone, yeah. Um, but the, the main difference, you know, for, for me having been and involved with all of those shows and then coming to Champions of Magic, I think the, the main difference is that we do do um, uh, whole acts where we're all part of it, like all together, like you were saying about the bill trick right. and how we're all on stage at the beginning of act two, where we're mm -hmm. talking about the first tricks that we learn, giving a bit of background. I think it's important to kind of personalize yeah. and humanize each of the Yeah, yeah and the way actors. that, you know, uh, every, in The Illusionist, everything's kind of dark and, and serious mm. and even like the big illusions. Well, until Jeff Hobson comes out. Uh, apart from yeah. Jeff, but he's not doing big <laughs> illusions is yeah. what I meant. So and then Young and Strange come on and it's like, you know, it, it just puts a different spin on it. So, and and I feel like, um, apart from, you know, Jeff Hobson, obviously, or the, whoever the trickster is. Or David Williamson is, or, or somebody. David Williamson or Paul DeBeck or mm -hmm. who, whoever the kind of comedy character is. I feel like Champions is more of a uh, comedy-driven show. Mm -hmm. um, and that is probably because our producer comes from a stand-up comedy background. You yeah. know? Oh, that's interesting. Okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Um, so yeah, and I feel like they're very different. Like the, from from a trailer, you may be able to say, "Oh, there's still you know fire and pyrotechnics and people escaping," but when you actually see the show, it's uh, they are very different. Even though they're both ensemble shows, completely different. Yes, yeah. exactly. I mean, if they both are in your town or back to back, I'd say see both. Oh, you know? definitely, yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, and so with uh, the uh, so at this point, they're not talking about necessarily. A spin-off type of a show. Not from that Champions. we know really. of. <laughs> I, know, I know several years ago the producer was thinking about it or doing like a uh, all like all American cast or all British cast or something like that. Well, but, well this is all British right now. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, you live in the U.S. Fernando. Fernando is from oh, that's right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I live in America. America. You live in yeah. Vegas. Vegas. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, I don't know. I think uh, probably at some point there will be a change in cast or a change in the show. But, uh, yeah, I don't know yet. I don't, don't know anything about that so far. I was going to ask you then also about your Instagram account because I like following you. The, the wonderful things that you post all the time and that you do a beautiful artwork and drawing, drawing a lot of things. So mm -hmm. do you have, like, your own merch store or something where you sell stuff online? Uh, funny enough, uh, Alex here is helping me right <laughs> now am. with that. That's a lovely phone background you've got there. <laughs> it is. <laughs> I drew, yeah. Um, yeah, like, I've always loved art and like kind of like manga style art and pop mm -hmm. art and um even you go to comic con like and all that day. kind of thing you uh, i that? have been to kamikaze when i lived in la um uh but yeah so i love all that stuff and i've gone through various you know whenever i've like in the pandemic i did a lot of painting and I, actually the t-shirt i'm wearing now is is i i painted it wow, and then you? they put it on a t-shirt <laughs> is that somebody or who is that uh this is carl lagerfeld okay yes hmm. Um, so yeah, it's just something. I'll take that a picture of that so that way the people who are listening to this can, can go to yeah. the magicboardpodcast.com and you'll see a picture yes. of that. Okay. Um, so yeah, there's been a few like paintings that I've done that I've then just like put on t-shirts or whatever and sold. Um, but I'm actually like doing a revamp of the kind of merch store 
Um, <laughs> and uh, Maclear is very, very good at using uh, Photoshop and putting all my paintings or whatever I'm doing into things that I can actually put on T-shirts. So because you're good with a pen and because like, I I studied graphic design and oh. stuff when I was younger before Magic and stuff. Mm -hmm. So I have an iPad and a pencil and yeah. I use all those apps. So I use the paint and the actual real pencils and then he yeah, you did so you sent me a text ago. Can you make Help. these look better? <laughs> yes. <laughs> did you have a graphic uh, background as far as uh, when you uh, went no, to I went to uh, art school when mm -hmm. I, after high school and stuff. Um, but I did leave to pursue magic. I'd stopped turning up basically, and then I turned up one day and said to my um, main tutor basically, and he was like, "Oh, good of you to join us." So I was like, "Hi, can I have a word?" And we went to the dark room because it was the photography studio. Yeah. And I think I'm going to leave to pursue this magic thing. And he was like, well, don't tell uh, Tim, who's the guy in charge of the whole art school. Don't tell Tim I said this, but yeah, do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I haven't seen him since. I want to tell him. It's like, oh, I did it, by the way. Uh, Have you just done Strictly Magic then all of your life and since uh, then? Professionally, yeah. I've, like, I had a job in a greengrocer's and a supermarket when I was a bit younger. But yeah, it's always been, also, it's always been mentalism as well. I've never really performed as a magician, magician. I could do a few things, obviously, because I right. learned peripherally magic. But. It seems that the UK has... Israel and the UK are big into mind reading and yeah. you know it's not as big over here you know Banachek and Max Maven and a few others have been Richard Osterlin and others have kind of put that forward as you know but it's been slow I remember when we first started to, when we put out uh, uh, Radio Magic years mm. ago and I went to um, uh, Joe Stevens and I said hey we're interested and he said uh, well no one knows who at this point it was Steve Shaw no one yeah. knows who he is yeah. and so plus mentalism is not big at that time he was he had a video of uh, Larry Becker and that was like the only guy and he said it's not really a big seller so mentalism is not big now keep in mind this was in the 80s so Banachek and I first became partners back in 1987 so uh, that was kind of new and so little at a time I mean it has grown and I would say our biggest market for sales outside the US is definitely the UK by far mm. I mean it's huge and I know there are just a ton of uh, mentalists over there I talk with guys frequently over there so is that kind of how that you got involved yeah, instead it's, of magic? it's because of Darren, Darren Brown. Because of Darren, okay. The first special, I think, was the 2000s. So you saw him on television before he went to the West End? You saw him? You've seen him? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's probably by the time he'd done three specials, yeah. uh, he then did a tour. It was just called Darren Brown Live. Yeah. And I went to go see that and stuff. But uh, yeah, it was just... And also, it wasn't that particularly big when it first started, Darren, in the UK. Mm -hmm. uh, but so he was on Channel 4, and they used to have this digital channel, you know, extra channel, cable channel called E4. Mm -hmm. I just kept repeating it, Mind Control, his first special. I think my dad said to me, oh, there's a guy on TV. Because I was kind of, like David Blaine, mm -hmm. always been a huge fan of Penn and Teller. Because we had the unpleasant world of Penn and Teller, which is kind of their UK series in the 90s, 93, 94. But he said, oh, there's this guy on TV doing like magic stuff and mind reading. Watch it. And I was like, this is great. <laughs> and then, you know, go online. This is what I want to do. This is what I want to do. This yeah. is much better than the David Blaine floating in card tricks and stuff. So I bought a bunch of stuff and then, yeah, discovered Banachek, bought Pre Thoughts, bought mm -hmm. PK Touches, because everyone bought PK Touches and PK Time because Blaine Thank you. did them. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and yeah, bought Radio Magic, which I think I still have the CDs somewhere. We started out as cassette tape. Yes, yeah. <laughs> And uh, it was a really good, like, over-the-phone Russian roulette thing, right? Where it's, yep. it's basically like the, uh, the Jack Yates thing, almost, where you mix them around and stuff. But, yeah. And, uh, yeah, just got really into that. But I, there'll be a lot of mentalists my age, so, like, Colin. Colin's definitely one as well, mm -hmm. uh, where it's because of Darren Brown. So we spend yep. all of our time. And it's also it's really good performing in America because we don't... Well, for a long time, especially when Champion started in the UK, I was the guy that did the Darren Brown stuff. Mm -hmm. And it's a bit more accepted now in the UK that, oh, you're one of the magicians that does the mind reading stuff. It's like kind of looking at people's facial expressions, right? And also there's a bit of magic in there too, right? And you go, yeah. Right. Whereas over here in the US, it's not so well known. Correct. So I do find myself having to say more, this isn't psychic, it's not supernatural. Uh, whereas in the UK, you just don't need to say that because the public in general know, oh, there's like psychological tricks or there's, you know, all sorts of things going on. But yeah, there's a lot of mentalists in the UK. Yeah, I know, of course, uh, Luke Germain and yes. Pete Turner and you know, so many different people are doing some wonderful things over there and probably getting to be better and better known all the time publicly yeah. uh, as well. And uh, coming over here, you're right that uh, the word mentalism or mentalists, I think to the common person in the street is kind of like, does that mean they're crazy because yeah. they got a mind problem or something? <laughs> they're, they're mental. You know, they're crazy. Um, 
But uh, yeah, over in the UK, I believe it has a completely different understanding and connotation. Uh, it's it's kind of like weddings. You know, weddings are big as far as I, I mean, as far as magicians entertaining at weddings over in the UK, over here. I mean, I, I didn't know that. It's hardly a thing here, right? It's yeah. not a thing. It's not a thing at all. It's also, it's like you can just earn a living as a wedding magician in the UK. That's all you do is weddings. I've talked about this several times on the podcast in the past. You know, I've, I have promoted that on my website. I uh, am one of very few people apparently in the U.S. who has done that and gone to these wedding planner shows and, yeah. you know, and I, I and plus uh, I have been ordained so I can actually, I you can't do that over in the U.K., I know. No, yes, yeah, so not um, as easily. <laughs> I, I was doing a lecture once, uh, well, had a tour in the U.K., and I was talking about that and I mentioned about how this, these are some things that you could do and they looked at me like well, you can't get ordained in the UK like, okay, so I cut that part out of my lecture we don't understand what you're talking about yeah, I think in the UK you'd have to be the captain of a ship or something like that <laughs> yeah yeah. but uh, yeah it's not nearly as big of, uh, of a thing than over here so anyhow mentalism is something that you had gotten into what about the other guys do you know I mean you've, you, you know them intimately well uh, yeah. who are working in, so since they're not here um, how did Fernando so, for an example you say oh, he, so he's he had, got a lovely story where yeah. it was um, his his father did, or maybe still does, work at the Magic Castle as like a, initially as like a busboy or something like that, hmm. or working there. And he just, you know, took his kid along to go watch yeah. the magic shows and stuff. And then I think he got shown some tricks. And there's there's a thing like there's a young magicians club or something, right? Yeah, they the magic do. Castle. Yeah, yeah. The magicians. Yeah, mm-hmm. he was part of that. Yeah. And um, who are his two mentors? Chuck. Chuck and Gary. Yes. Right. Yes. They kind of took him under uh, their wings. And Chuck, I think, used to do a regular show in New Zealand of all places and then he was getting older so Fernando would join him and do a bit of the show and then eventually just took over the tour so Hmm. before Fernando joined us he'd been touring all over New Zealand uh, doing like illusions and stuff Mm -hmm. and doing you know a full show of bit of close-up bit of maybe a prediction doing an illusion all that sort of stuff doing a full 90 minute show yeah yeah yeah. and he was pretty young at the time and with Young and Strange uh, so the story that Young tells about David Copperfield and that sort of stuff, that's genuinely, he saw David Copperfield on TV and wanted to be David Copperfield. Mm-hmm. And uh, I believe as well, he was still living at his parents. Uh, you, do, you know the fan illusion? There's a big industrial yep. fan, mm-hmm. you pass mm-hmm. through it. Right. I believe he bought that and he had to uh, store it under his bed in, in his parents' house mm-hmm. where he was still living as a young man. And uh, I don't think he had any gigs to do with it, but he was just like, this is... Such a cool illusion. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I I just want it. Yeah. And it used to be in the show many years ago. But um, yeah, and then also close-up magic, because close-up magic is a big thing in the UK. He did a lot of weddings. (laughs) Yeah, he did a lot of weddings. I'd say Young and Strange were like kind of at the top of the top tier of close-up magicians as well in the UK. Mm. And Strange, as he says, genuinely just loved manip acts. So I think Mm. he bought... um, uh, Who's the guy who used to be a dancer? I've completely forgotten his name now. Jeff McBride. Oh, all yeah. the Jeff McBride DVDs and stuff and all a those sorts of things. forgettable name. Yeah, a forgettable <laughs> name. Yeah. I thought you were talking about Rick Thomas. Rick <laughs> Thomas, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, and that's... Strange just loves close-up magic, so he just got into that. And then they met each other and uh, just set up their act. I think one of the... Not the first time, but the, one of the first times they performed as Young and Strange was on the first season of Fool Us because they mm. had to come up with a name and they very nearly called themselves uh, Richard and Sam oh, despite the fact that their real last <laughs> names are young and strange right so I hope maybe a TV producer was like I think it, this it, is a better it flows name, much guys. better that way rather than strange and young I mean there's so many different ways you can yeah, put exactly, that together yeah. but young and strange it's kind of I've heard them talking about Crosby, Stills and Ash and Young about how that flows and that uh, they were talking about how that you can put any name in any other order it just doesn't sound the same there's something yeah, yeah. about the way that when you're Copywriting or putting together a name, branding something, it, yes. it has to sound and look right. Yeah, it's got, yeah, it's got to look right written down as well. I often like my name when it's spelled correctly, there's a lowercase c and a capital A. People yeah. always go, I like your name written down. I was like, <laughs> thanks very much. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, you're right, yeah. But that's how those guys got into it. Did they meet at the circle, magic circle, or how did they kind no, of. No, I think they both lived in Oxford, and I think maybe mm. they just knew of each other. There's another magician nearby, and then I guess they're a mutual friend. They I think sort they of got, got introduced. booked on the same, like, close-up gig. An event, yeah. They, off, they got booked on the same event where I they see. were just doing close-up together and that's how they first met. And I yeah. think that, you know, when you get like double booked or overbooked sure. or whatever, so you're just like, oh, I know a guy that can do it instead. I think it might have started some way like that. Something like that, yeah. Yeah. 
Well, I'm so envious, really, of uh, Richard Young's podcast and uh, his career, well, mm. been podcasting in particular, because of the people he's had on. And I like the way that he builds up his show and his uh, finishing up. You talk about David Copperfield, in which he had Homer Leewag, and then he had uh, Chris Kenner, and then yeah. finished with David Copperfield. It's like, okay, I'm finishing the season. And he kind of finished the podcast. You know, yeah, I think yeah. that was always, it was kind of a joke dream in his head to be like, I'll finish when I get Copperfield. Yeah, yeah he was like, I want 100 to yeah. be David Copperfield. Yeah. He was talking about it last night. At was dinner. he really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And, well, uh, tell him I'm sorry that he isn't here because that was kind of what I was thinking about as well. The way, and, and the way that David was during that conversation was saying, oh, I'm surprised you know about that, you know, and, mm-hmm. and also that he was saying, David was about Richard, well, I admire your career because I've been following your career then also. And, and it's just, they had a nice mutual respect for each other. Yeah. I mean, um, I talked with David several times, but not, uh, I haven't had him on the podcast as well, but not at length for a complete episode. Because uh, I kind of feel like, Richard said it all. What more do I... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think they are genuinely friends now. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I, it was funny. Literally last night, uh, Richard was saying to me, he was talking about the podcast and everything, and he said that he'd gone... It was his birthday, and he was in Vegas with our producer and with Strange, maybe. Hmm. Um, and it was like the day before his birthday, and they were like, oh, what do you want to do? And he was like, I want to see Copperfield. <laughs> and this was after he'd done the podcast oh, with uh-huh. him. And they were like, okay. And they, they were like, well, where do you want to sit? And he was like, oh, I kind of want to sit near the back because I've seen it from the front. He'd seen it so many times yeah. already, yeah. of course. <laughs> um, and so he was like, I kind of want to sit near the back. And then they're sitting there and they see like a, an uh, X on the floor. And they're like, I think that's where he appears. I think that he, and he literally, David Copperfield appeared on their table and looked down, <laughs> saw Richard and was like, you should have told me you were coming. <laughs> and then he gets off, and then not two seconds later, because, of course, uh, Copperfield can switch off his mic right. and like talk to, talk to his backstage, backstage crew. Right. And not two seconds later, so a, a lady from backstage comes up to the table and was like, oh, David said, oh, you should have told him you, him you were coming, and he really wants, after the show, for you to come and meet him uh, in the corridor afterwards. So they saw the show, went backstage, and uh, uh, he, Young was saying last night that it was the most magical, amazing moment when Copperfield said to him, he was like, I was uh, listening back on the podcast that we did, and I just want to say how amazing it is that I just felt everything that you were saying, I could feel that it came directly from the heart. Genuinely from the Yes. Yeah. And <laughs> I think Strange and, uh, and our producer, Alex Jarrett, they, they literally were like trying not to well up, you yeah. know? <laughs> it was just wow. like one of those like moments. It's a hero and, saying. And for someone like Richard <laughs> Young to have Copperfield yeah. say that to him, like literally his childhood hero. Yes, yeah. Well, I could hear that in the conversation, the way that they were talking. It seemed as if that David had such admiration for not just his knowledge, but also respect for his career and his abilities and everything. So it seemed like a mutual admiration society that David could just as easily have been interviewing Richard, it seems like. Yes. So that was, it was a very good, uh, I recommend people to go back. and It's called The Magician's Podcast. I yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 How, many, how many years did he do that? Two, three years or something? Yeah, I think. And three seasons yeah a total of a hundred episodes yeah and do you know why or how he got started uh, with that or no i don't know why i know you just i think it was just a project he had in mind Mm. and then he just started doing it i think um because there wasn't that many magic only podcasts then there probably was a couple Mm. and also i guess it was there was probably wasn't that many because everyone listens to podcasts now but I think it was probably at the point where people had started to hear about podcasts as a yeah today there are like a half million podcasts with over I think what was it 500 million uh, uh, episodes I believe that are out there and I've forgotten how many you know millions of listeners all the time then too so uh, and I didn't realize this until last night but he also did the last ever podcast I think with Paul Daniels before he died yes yeah yeah and was it and then he also interviewed Debbie so the lovely Debbie McGee Paul Daniels Uh, Mm -hmm. wife and assistant I think after he passed away that's a lovely episode to listen to as well because it's because also Paul Daniels was uh, Britain's David Copperfield of course so like he's who I grew up with yeah I still have the old magic kit I had and it was the standard it's got the the ball and vase and a shrinking wand and Mm -hmm. I think he even had um, Princess Card Trick in there and stuff Uh, yeah so he also has a genuine love for Paul Daniels because everyone in the UK about our age grew, grew up watching him as right every Saturday night. And also like the viewing figures that Daniels used to get, like 9 million people watching 
That won't happen anymore in the no, UK. No, it wasn't. It, it, it's like in the US, he would be equal to what we would have remembered in the old days in the Tonight Show or the Johnny Carson Show, and I refer to that yes. because there would have only been the three networks of ABC, NBC, and CBS back then, and, yes. so, and, and also after a certain hour, the TV went offline. Yes. So uh, <laughs> I'm saying those were in the old days, and so there wasn't a lot to watch, but Johnny Carson was like the person to watch, and so Paul Daniels was like the Johnny Carson. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whenever I had an episode one Christmas that was uh, The Grinch Who Sold Christmas, and I had used Eugene Berger as the voice of The Grinch, <laughs> I got an email from Paul Daniels like a couple days later saying, hey, Debbie and I were at the breakfast table just enjoying our mutual friend, uh, Eugene, and uh, thanks a lot you know, for that memory, and it was great hearing etc. It's like, wow. So I wrote him back and I said, well, thanks for the compliment. Would you be interested in being on the podcast? So he said, absolutely. When do you want to talk? So we set it up and uh, had him then uh, as a two-part episode. Mm. For I like to have somebody uh, that everyone knows kind of worldwide uh, every 50 episodes, so like David Berkless and like Paul Daniels or Tom Mullica, uh, Max Maven. Uh, I've got uh, number 750 with uh, Luis Tomatos, you know, so mm -hmm. different people that in the world will know who mm. these people are and recognize, you know, that then as well. Uh, but um, anyhow, no, I just, uh, I, I think he had a, a, a great run with, with his podcast, and uh, you're right, there weren't a lot of us uh, at the time. I think I've been doing it the longest. I think I'm the podfather. It's been going on uh, then for so long. So, uh, Sam Strange, you said, and, uh, and Richard were both doing uh, close up and everything, but they also had done uh, stage uh, yes. illusions. So, how did they actually start? Were they inspired by Siegfried and Roy, do you think? Or how I don't did think it started that way. I think. So Young always liked the, the big stage illusions. And, and even the dancers and the girls and the guys yeah, moving I boxes think, around. Yeah, yeah. So in their first Fool Us appearance, there's a, a girl in the box at the end as the surprise kicker. They do a okay. sort of sub But thing. they were doing something together. That's yes, that exactly. Okay. I think, though, because also you uh, mentioned it before, the Edinburgh Fringe Festival, yep. mm -hmm. big festival in the UK. Right. Um, I think they probably did a couple of shows in their hometown. I see. And then went to Edinburgh. I think they did two or three shows, maybe. Uh, but they had like a great room and it was also on what they call the free fringe so you don't have to book a ticket right. you can just turn up and then you pay at the end it's a bucketing show basically yeah. but because uh, it was an illusion show people were just sort of blown away by the fact that just you bring out two boxes and an assistant suddenly it's a big show but they always did comedy things with it there was always a bit of a pastiche yeah. I think the, their Vegas routine at the end of Champions started from just the uh, it's the spiky box that because this I don't know what it's actually called it's 360 180 360 whatever it's called uh, girl gets in, vanishes, spikes go in, that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. It started with just that routine, and then in Champions, because it's a bigger show, they just added more. So they got the soaring in half, fire spiker, uh, the, the sub-trunk illusion thing, and then just built it up until it's this huge behemoth of 20 minutes. of. And now uh, there's a mirror And now there's a mirror as well. <laughs> but I do remember, like, in their show, they used to do bits. I never saw their, their solo show, but um, what's the, um, the rice bowls? Yep. Routine. Uh, they did it with Strange doing it with uh, some frosted flakes and milk. <laughs> just because it's, that sort of, it's just that really British sense of humor where it's uh -huh. like you're doing this incredible thing, but you're not taking it too seriously. Yeah, yeah. I, I do want to ask you then also, I mentioned earlier about some of the uh, things that might have gone wrong, like you were mentioning with uh, Fernando mm -hmm. and some of the escapes and things like that. Because you're working different theaters, I mean, from this size theater or 400 to others that are going to be thousands or whatever, and you have different conditions, obviously, and different audiences and different challenges, I would think, where you're going to be coming in, I assume, for a night or two here. You're, now you're here for like three weeks mm -hmm. almost. Uh, and so you're kind of almost in residency, it seems like, you know, here night after night. Uh, can you tell me some stories about what it's like on the road and traveling? Do you have a bus or you get on the plane or how do you Yeah, if we're doing uh, so one-nighters, so we do one venue, so we load in the morning, do the show, load out that evening and travel, we have a bus, it's back-to-back. -back. Mm -hmm. But sometimes if they're a bit more spread out or we're doing two or three nights here, it's... Um, late night or early morning trips to an airport or a hotel. Yeah, and they were in hotel or Airbnb or... Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. So this is nice to do, a, to do a run like this in a, in a city where, also like we're staying in apartments where we can cook our own food so you're not spending... Living the dream. Yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> not spending hundreds and hundreds on Uber Eats every night. Um, but yeah, different venues cause do, uh, do have different we never uh, know what struggles. size. You know, also, this is kind of small for us backstage. Yeah. Like, if you yeah. think of all of the <laughs> furniture, as we call yes, it, that we yeah. have in the show, mm. plus all the, like, we've got new lights, 
Um, yeah. You know, especially with all the, you know, the pyro that we have in the show right. and all that stuff. Do you own like, all we, your own intelligent lighting and all that? Is all yeah, yours? it's all owned by oh, the yeah. show, yeah. Um, so, you know, we travel with tr quite a lot of stuff and um, there's not a lot of room backstage at Zilker Hall. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and in other places, sometimes we rock up and there is even less room. <laughs> sometimes we're, they're loading props in and they're being held in an alleyway down, around the back of the theater. Yeah. Yeah. Well, sometimes like the, the big cage you mentioned in my Whispering Imps act, it yeah. just won't fit. fit. So we just do a version where we just don't have the cage. So it's slightly less, uh, it's not quite as aesthetically pleasing, but it's still the same act and sure. it still works. But yeah. Yeah. And, it, um, and also things going wrong. Like last night we had, so there's this, essentially everything runs off computers because it runs everything. It runs the right. lights, it Q runs lab the or winches. Yeah. yeah. And there's this huge thing, which is basically a, the computer that runs the show. Mm -hmm. And during halfway through the intermission, it decided that it wanted to reboot and keep rebooting. So the intermission was about 40 minutes. Oh I my goodness. Very yeah. long. <laughs> uh, but obviously you have like an announcement and stuff, but yeah, it was uh, Last chance to buy more merch. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Do head out into the lobby and yeah. Yes. But it was just like three or four crew members just talking, just pushing buttons, doing yeah. things. Wow. And we all just had to stand there and go. Pacing. Yeah, pacing. <laughs> that yeah. was the boss. Yeah, yeah the boss pacing around. <laughs> Thinking about the refunds, oh no. Yeah. <laughs> but it was all fine in the end. But yeah, things do go wrong. And they can go wrong. Yeah, uh, yeah you cut your lip last night as well. Oh yeah, the needles. Yeah. <laughs> needles, yeah. Just, you know, things sometimes, when you've got very light, small props, mm -hmm. and uh, they're being brought on in the dark or whatever, sometimes things get shifted around, you know, so like, you know, my cup fell over, and then the card packet was the wrong way around, and then... So I'm dealing with all that, and then I finally am pulling the, the string out with the needles on, and then one of the needles is stabbing on the inside of my lip, and every time I pull it more, it's Tubs. just going further in. Yeah. Oh, my. So you had to reach up to your mouth and kind of yeah. pull it out of your lip. Yeah, that, that, was, that was a new one. That was it bleeding? I mean, did it? Yeah, yes. <laughs> that kind of adds to it. That's another effect yeah. you ought to think about adding uh -huh. every I night. I mean, I always end up with my red lipstick all over my face <laughs> afterwards, so I guess the blood just kind of... Blended in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Wow. Very dangerous, very dangerous. <laughs> so well, we that, have... that's the thing as well, like in previous shows and for being the girl that got shot in the face by, yeah. by a crossbow. <laughs> not in our show. Uh, not in our really. show. Yeah, in a different show. In a different show. What happened? Uh, <laughs> so I used to be a, a crossbow assistant for various people. Yeah. Um, and we were doing a show in South Africa. And um, we sold out crowd, Johannesburg. And live on stage, I got shot in the face with the crossbow accidentally, obviously. <laughs> How far away were you standing from the bow when it shot? I mean, like um, I was feet, at or? the very back of the stage, and uh, the arrow was coming from the very front of the stage. Were you? Were you? I mean, they were intentionally shooting toward you. Yes, it was meant to be at the balloon at above the balloon. my head. Okay. Uh, wow. But the arrow didn't get lodged all the way into the shaft, and so therefore it didn't come out full power. So I even understand. though it was... So when it hit your face, I mean, like, you got a lot of face. I mean, your forehead, your cheek, your ear, whereabouts? It was, in your forehead. It was, yeah, just above my eyebrow. If it had been any lower, I would probably lost my eye. So it, it just glanced off, I mean, hit and fell off? Yeah, because the, the end of it is like almost like a flat... Um, ended screw the, uh -huh. the end of it. So it wasn't sharp like a arrow would typically be. N not not pointed sharp. Pointed no. sharp. That's what I mean. Um, but but it definitely like I had to have stitches still, and I was obviously a pool of blood. Um, wow. <laughs> and that was during rehearsal, or was that a no, show? No, that was live show in front of a sold out crowd. <laughs> so what did they close the curtain and the people? They did. David Williamson was in that show with me, and uh, a stage manager was kind of freaking out a bit, and so he made yeah. an announcement to the audience and said we've had a technical difficulty but the uh, crowd was like we just saw her get shot in the face that wasn't technical <laughs> is she okay yeah and then the funny thing is that uh, directly after that act what normally happened was we'd finish the act you know we're looking like badasses yeah and then uh, you know, we'd go away in a silhouette at the back. It was very cool and dramatic. And then a spotlight would normally come up on David Williamson, stood at the very, like, in the house, but in front of the stage. Okay. And it would be him facing, like, facing us, as if we were on the stage, so back to the audience. And then the spotlight would be on him, and then normally he'd turn around, and he'd have one of those headbands with oh, yeah. an arrow, arrow coming out, yeah. out of mm -hmm. it. 
as a joke, but then obviously this time he was just, he actually gave me the headband arrow as a gift at the end of that contract. Yeah. You deserve this. This could have been you for yeah. real. Yes. It could have been much worse. But wow. you know, I have a cool story, so Yes, yeah. you do. Well I'm glad thank you for sharing that. And thank, in fact, thank you guys both for sharing your time with me here today. I know it's, it's uh, I'm sorry that the guys weren't here, but I appreciate you also telling a little bit about uh, them and their story and kind of what the uh, crew's doing and everything then as well. And so is there, as we start to close, is there something for the rest of the year? You've got everything planned out. They can go to the website to find uh, the tour schedule. Where can people go? Yeah, um, we're at championsofmagic.co.uk. Um, and on Instagram and Facebook, Champions of Magic, I yeah. think, or Champions of Magic Tour, um, all the um, tour dates and everything, the updated ones are, will be on the website because, like I said, it's the tour that never ends. Because <laughs> <laughs> we're touring all through March and April, a bit yes. at the end of April as well. Maybe a spattering in May right now. Yeah. And then, obviously, we'll be definitely back in the fall because that's normally when the, the tour starts again. Yeah. But, as for the summer, I'm not sure yet. Not sure yet, yeah. <laughs> this will all be in the U.S.? Yes, all in the U.S., yeah. Okay, everything's here. I believe so, yes. Okay. Right now, yes. Right, yeah. right. Things could change, obviously, but kind of yeah. if they go to the schedule, uh, yes. the website, they can see the schedule. We also right. go, have been to Canada a bit too, so there may be some Canadian restaurant yeah. too. Some northern exposure. Yes. So yeah, yeah, yeah. The true north. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, well, and as we close, I want to ask each of you, then, since my podcast is called The Magic Word Podcast, I always like to close by asking what it is that's your philosophy of life. I mean, something that would be a phrase you live by it wouldn't be a word I don't mean like abracadabra I mean something that would be important to you what do you live by uh, mine is be the director of your own story and surround yourself with beautiful things wow that's <laughs> a cracking idea. you should have gone last because I'm not going <laughs> to yours is going to suck I got a feeling yours, no. that's, that's actually inspirational oh no that's what I want is an inspiration Cause, cause okay you top get, that because Alex <laughs> Because um, also, I was going to say, like, because people people often ask, like, you know, about their sort of like, do you have goals or ambitions or dreams? Mm. And I don't really. I mean, I have things I'd like to do, but I kind of ride the waves. Because if you just have a goal and then you reach that goal, you've got nowhere to go afterwards. Right. Or if you just obsessively try to go after a goal, you're going to miss the other opportunities that come along the way. So just kind of ride the waves of things that come along, of, and kind of just in, enjoy yourself, just relax and have fun. Because you've got to enjoy it really. Go with the flow. Go with the flow. Enjoy the yeah. journey. Enjoy the journey. Enjoy the journey. Ooh, it's the journey, that. not the destination. That's right. Two brilliant different uh, uh, <laughs> suggestions. Thank you guys very much. It's been wonderful. Thank Thanks you. for your time. Thanks for your friendship. And mm -hmm. uh, good luck with the rest of the, the run uh, from now until eternity. Eternity. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like yeah, you say the, the show that never ends. Yes. So with the Magic Word Podcast, that was Holly England and Alex McClear. This is Scotty Out. Thank you, Alex, and thank you, Holly, for being my guests this week on the podcast. A lot of fun to talk with you and uh, some inspirational things that you shared there, too. What great stories as well. And I'm glad, Holly, that uh, you weren't more seriously injured with that crossbow incident. Goodness sakes. Well, listen, I want to, again, thank all of the listeners for coming back week after week and making us into one of the largest magic podcasts in the world and also to achieving the milestone, which we will reach next week, and that'll be episode number 750. We're coming up on like about 12 years of doing these podcasts uh, week after week and sometimes day after day whenever I go to conventions, which is another thing that next week after I release number 750, I'm going to turn around and go to another convention, which happens to be the senior tour in St. Louis. Following that, then the following week, I'm going to be uh, reporting from the OB's 4F, that's Spectre's Finger Flicking Frolic, at that convention, and then I'm going to stay for an extra day to go to Monty which is the Magician's Alliance of Western New York. So uh, there will be a lot of podcasts, just boom, 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 uh, several in a row that will be coming up next week, so watch for those. All that information and more is going to, which includes, of course, who my surprise guest is going to be for this 750th episode, will be included then in the pod letter, which if you subscribe, you will know. So until next week, stay well, get booked, and remember to be the director of your own story and surround yourself with beautiful things just as I did this week with my beautiful guests on this episode. And also, remember to ride the waves and enjoy yourself. This is Scotty out. <laughs>